Let's hit it. Log Talk Radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do it. Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed. With your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic. Bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice. Straight from the field. The show starts now. Now, hey, hey, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. Welcome to episode 72 of the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Glad to be here with all of you. Hope you're all doing well. I'm doing good. Thanks. Hanging out keeping busy with work. Thank goodness, you know, out there in the field, working with the ponds. Uh, it's fall now. Well, it's winter. Fall's kind of happened. Um, but we're keeping busy out there. Thank goodness. And um, it's always a challenge, always something new, always something when you're out there in the pursuit of all things aquatic. And this is the podcast in the pursuit of all things aquatic. If it's not pond related, we're not going to talk about it, right? Well, we'll see. In this episode, we're going to wade into water gardening a bit and talk about a pretty common aquatic plant that's used a lot in backyard pond keeping or front yard pond keeping, wherever your pond is. We are going to dedicate an entire episode to the water hyacinth, Pontideria crassipes. Well, that would be the Latin name, y'all. Um, it's a really common plant. You can find them at most water garden centers as long as you're able to keep them in your state. It's often probably one of the first aquatic plants people get involved with when they're entering or entering into the water garden and pond keeping hobby or lifestyle. The water hyacinth. As an aquatic plant enthusiast, a water gardener, you gotta love this plant. It's really easy to love. First of all, they're no problem to take care of, generally speaking. It's a simple, floating, aquatic plant. It does not require a container, but may need some containment. It usually does not require fertilization or pruning, but it will certainly require thinning. It's an annual, so when the season is over, it's over. Just compost the plants after the first hard frost. Um, technically, this plant is an herb. Uh, it has dark green, thick leaves that are bulbous in form, and the leaf kind of curls outward in a rounded fashion. The foliage has kind of an almost waxy sheen. It has a shine. The leaves and stems are smooth if you were to run your fingers along them. It's a really great-looking bit of foliage that this plant boasts. I mean, it, it's really, when you look at it, it just catches your eye. It has um, kind of a special look to it. It doesn't grow. You just don't see this kind of growth on your typical aquatic plants. And I think it really has earned its place in um, being at the forefront of aquatic plants. Then there's a flower, a beautiful, delicate, purple or lilac colored flower. There's about six petals or so whirling around the uh, flower itself, about one inch long. Um, 
and with those petals, uh, the northernmost petal, so to speak, has the lilac color, but also sports a dollop of blue in the center of it, which is then actually punctuated in the center of that blue patch with a bright yellow spot. It's an impressive bloom and has a very cool uh, double pistil jetting out of the bloom. A close look at this flower will definitely amaze you. Break out the magnifying glass. It's a really cool, cool plant. Beautiful bloom, beautiful flower. When the plant is happy and in bloom, it's really quite an impressive display. However, I do mean the flower is delicate. Even like a slight breeze or jostling of the plant and the flower will quickly fall apart. It's a little frustrating, actually. So it's like when you see these plants and they look beautiful and you want to kind of move them around your pond um, <laughs> and you pick it up, it's like, ah, 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 my flower. You know, that's that's why you want to move it over here so you get to see it a little more. So anyway, you got to be really careful with that. Um, again, the plant and flower will quickly fall apart if it's being bothered. The actual bloom is short-lived as it is. So if it's blooming, man, just let it be. It's happy. Don't move it. Don't don't be like me. Um, the root system of the plant is pretty formidable. In its own way, the root system below water is as impressive as the plant is above water. There's a thick and dense black root system. It can be up to like 12 inches long, maybe longer. Um, these roots are, are thick and they're often utilized by fish, fish fry, and various aquatic bugs as habitat and a food source. But they're literally living inside this. Little fish live in and among the roots until big enough to venture into open waters. There's a whole world inside those root systems. Um, these complex root systems are what feed the plant by way of absorbing nutrients directly from the water. So the roots also absorb impurities and they can filter out and lock up floating particles and sediments from the water, thereby purifying the water, clarifying the water. The water hyacinth is actually popularly touted as a remedy to green water issues. And it can be. You got to do it right, but it can be. There's a lot of positives to this cheerful little palm plant. It's a beginner plant, they say, but buyer, beware. The wire hyacinth are usually available when they are small, at about five to six inches across. <clears throat> Excuse me, you can pick them up in three count or five count packs or whatever quantity you want, really. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, it's a beginner plant, right? 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 Um, but let me tell you, there's a lot to consider about this plant before jumping into it and accepting it as a beginner level plant. I want this podcast to bring little old Pontidaria crassipes into check, a reality check. As an experienced pond keeper and water gardener, um, a water garden and pond professional, if I can say, owner of full service aquatics designer, installer, and service provider of water gardens, koi ponds, water features, based in the great state of New Jersey. Check out fullserviceaquatics.com or give a call, 908-277-6000, fullserviceaquatics.com. Did I just do a commercial? Anyway, as a professional, I will definitely say water hyacinth is not a beginner-level plant really at all. And yet it is a beginner plant for the reasons stated before. 
It's basically a readily available plant at most water gardening centers. It's inexpensive. It floats by itself. It reproduces easily and readily, and it makes a pretty display. That's a no-brainer plant. Sold. Those are pretty good qualities if you're a beginner. It's almost a no-brainer plant. Almost. But buyer beware. I will make my case as to why it's not a great and why it should be a strictly water garden plant. I don't think it should mix with koi ponds unless specific preparations are made. Um, so keep that in mind. I don't think it should mix with koi ponds. Water hyacinth are originally native to the Amazon basin in tropical and subtropical South America. It has a long, deep history, like many plants do. Much of that history is somewhat of a problematic plant in its natural environment. And once it found its way out into the world, well, problems seem to follow along with it. This is not a plant you bring home to mother, if you know what I'm saying. You could say the history of water hyacinth, as we have come to know it, began on December 16, 1884, at the World's Fair in New Orleans, Louisiana, also called the World's Industrial and Cotton Centennial Exposition. The World's Fair had many amazing wonders on display in 1884. 1884 was the year that Tesla arrived in the United States. I would take a guess that he attended this World's Fair. Chester Arthur was president of the United States. Remember him from your history lessons back in school? Yeah, me neither. But he was. He was the president of the United States. Mark Twain had just published The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, now a classic. Uh, the Washington Monument was just completed 10 days before the World's Fair began. The World's Fair featured an electrically lighted main exhibit hall, which was still a novelty at the time. Also, the largest roof structure ever built at the time, encompassing 33 acres. There was also an observation tower with actual electric elevators and a large horticultural exhibit hall. Horticulture was actually quite a draw back in that day. Most of the people in the country were somehow involved in or depended upon the agrarian um, nature of the state of the country at the time. So horticulture was, was a natural extension, a really uh, a very interesting subject at that time. In 1884, water hyacinth was an imported horticultural curiosity. People packed into the horticultural hall of the World's Fair to view many amazing plants, and among them was Pontidaria crassipes floating and bobbing with its attractive flower and foliage. It didn't take long for this horticultural curiosity to quickly escape the confines of the World's Fair Horticultural Hall, invading the American waterways of the South, clogging waterways to the point that the boats could not get through. Trade and travel was slowed. Economic growth was slowed in certain areas, damaging local economies. Native species of plants were quietly being overwhelmed by this highly successful and invasive species. Water hyacinth was making its mark. Native habitats were becoming overwhelmed and dying. 
sudden ecosystem disruptions happening with it, the water hyacinth went. By the late 1800s, water hyacinth had found its way not only to the U.S., but also to Europe and Africa. Every area that came to know water hyacinth quickly started experiencing the same problems as the United States. After all, water hyacinth, the curious little aquatic plant from the World's Fair, happens to be one of the fastest growing plants on the planet. It reproduces like crazy through cloning itself. From its very long root systems, a runner is sent out and the plant reproduces by cloning itself. In this way of reproducing, it creates thick, strong, floating mats cover the surface of ponds and lakes and waterways. They reproduce so quick, it's kind of insane. Some plants on this planet can exhibit significant growth almost by the hour. Bamboo, for example. Water hyacinth is very much one of those plants. It's a stunning rate of reproduction, being able to double itself every two weeks. Remember those five little water hyacinths you got back in May? By the end of September, you could potentially have well over a thousand plants if left unchecked and much larger plants. Those six inch plants you picked up will now be close to a foot across. Do you have a thousand square feet available on your pond for hyacinth? As a pond professional, it's pretty much a guarantee that every August and September, full service aquatics will start getting calls from pond keepers around the state of New Jersey. That's where we are. And they're being overwhelmed with water hyacinth. <laughs> Oftentimes they'd like to try to sell it to me. Um, there's no way that's happening. It's a crazy plant. Crazy. This plant can clog important economic and recreational waterways. The removal efforts, the manpower needed, and equipment that goes into having to remove and control this invasive and aggressive plant species can cause city, county, state, and federal agencies millions upon millions of dollars and shut down economies in areas where boats can't get through. It can be a serious problem. But it can be a problem. And if it weren't for the fact that it's a tropical plant, I think it would be illegal in all of the United States. As it stands, it's illegal in several states, especially the warmer states where it can live year-round. It easily handles temperatures ranging down to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. In northern states, it will die out after the first frost. It mushes over. Although I can tell you from working in New Jersey that it's not always the case. And these plants are, in certain circumstances, able to proliferate through the winter months and return the following year. It's not the norm, but I've seen it happen. I've seen hyacinths show up in ponds where it was not introduced for that season, but was in the pond the previous season. Somehow the seeds are making it, which makes this plant even more formidable. Not only will it clone itself, it can also self-seed. <laughs> and the seeds of the water hyacinths stay viable for up to 30 years. Think about that. Not to mention, it also spreads by wind, floods, birds, boats, and of course, humans. I advise clients to be very careful and selective how they use water hyacinth. As a responsible water gardener, these plants may raise some concerns. The water hyacinth is not a very welcome plant in many places outside of your water garden. They may help filter water to a degree, <clears throat> but with the dirty nature of these plants, 
you may not welcome them into your water garden. Let me explain what I mean by dirty nature of these plants. These amazing roots that clean your water of sediment and remove nutrients. They provide habitat and food. Um, they help feed those pretty aquatic displays. Well, those roots also make your pond pretty dirty. As these plants grow, 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 so do their roots, which are constantly being shed and replaced. These roots are released from the plant into the water and begin to break down. When breaking down, they are actually starting to create nutrient load in your pond. A popular, popular use of the plant is to reduce, is using it to reduce nutrient load. And they do remove nutrient load until they start to add to the nutrient load. <laughs> so be careful how you use these plants. The decomposing roots that the plants shed and mass end up littering the bottom of the pond. They also get sucked in and they clog filter pads. They block pump intakes, reducing flow rates, overworking and overheating pumps. They clog exterior pump pre-filter baskets. The roots clog all pre-filters. Think, I think they even tend to stain the water a slight bit. Not so sure about that, but I don't know. In short, they can create a maintenance nightmare. And that is just the roots, the plants. They'll block skimmer intake openings, causing pump burnouts. That's an expensive problem. They will cover the surface of your pond again and again. Almost by the time you finish reducing plant quantities, you just got to do it again. Hyacinth are also the cause of at least several leak issues that my company will fix each season. A lot of pond keepers will place hyacinth in the biofalls type of filters. You know, those biofall filters where the, uh, our waterfalls emanate from. As the plants grow and reproduce, they often cause leak issues. They cause water to flow out of the edges of the biofalls. They cause backups. Water can't flow as it normally would because these plants are so thick. These plants can keep a pond company pretty busy at certain times of the year. Um, remember, it's one of the world's fastest growing plants, and I'm serious. Be careful how you use it. Not to give water hyacinth even more bad press, but did you know, if it is ingested by cats, dogs, horses, perhaps other wildlife as well, it is toxic. So, careful with that. Keep that in mind. Are you turned off? Are you turned off from Pontederia crassipes or what? Am I raining on your water gardening parade? Were you psyched? Were you hoping for good news regarding the water hyacinth? Too bad. Well, let's not leave it on that note. Do you think we talked this much about a plant and not? There has already been some good stuff. There's a bright side to this plant as well, if it's cultivated and managed correctly. There's some very interesting uses and possibilities for the world's fastest growing noxious invasive plant. Here's some interesting facts. The flowers are used to create a tonic for horses that gets rubbed into the horse's skin. Not sure what it does for the horses. I couldn't find anything further on that. And I am curious, but it is a tonic. Hyacinth can be a food source. If they are given a good steaming or boiling the plants, flower stalks, buds, and young leaves can be eaten. Water hyacinth is often used as an ingredient in Taiwanese and Japanese cooking. The plant is rich in carotene. 
But listen, if it's ingested uncooked, it will cause severe skin irritation. Your tongue will blow up like a balloon, as well as possibly your throat closing up. Don't ever attempt to eat hyacinth without preparing it correctly, as with so many foods that we eat. But don't ever do that. I mean, that would be, come on, what are you doing? Uh, It could be a food source for fish and other animal feed applications. Water hyacinth is used in perfume and cologne products. It can be used as an organic fertilizer. It can be processed to make paper, rope, handbags, even furniture. It's pretty incredible. It can be used as a substitute for wood. Hyacinth can be hard-pressed into bricks and burned like wood and coal. It absorbs lead, mercury, carcinogens when used for remediation purposes and cleaning up our environment from toxins. Because of its amazing biomass, it can be used to create fuels. So there's a lot of good stuff to this plant as well. But in the spirit of the Koi Pond Water Garden, we're keeping our discussion to its uses within our backyard water garden displays. I do not recommend keeping this plant in Koi Ponds. The root systems will get ripped apart by Koi and the roots will end up all over your pond. Do not use free-floating plants like hyacinth or water lettuce if you have a skimming system on your pond unless you secure the plants somehow. Otherwise, the skimmer will just pull them in and become overwhelmed and clogged up with the floaters. I guarantee it. There are floating rings out there that you can keep the plants contained within. Those are helpful. Although one of the popular uses of this plant is to remove nutrients and to clarify green water, I would suggest once the plant has done its job, and it does do a good job, remove the plant. Get rid of it. If you want the plant for other reasons, then keep it. But if you use it for algae control, allowing the plant to reproduce will actually start creating nutrients with your pond and potentially poor water quality conditions. Water hyacinth is best used in straight up water garden displays. I also like them very much in patio ponds, small container water garden setups. They're beautiful and they thrive. They do really well in those circumstances. And you don't have to worry about them clogging things up or creating too much of a uh, nutrient level or maintenance. My advice, use it straight up, water gardening plant only. Dispose of it properly at the end of the season. Remember, those seeds can lay around for 30 years, so get rid of it. Probably the best use for water hyacinth is a small controlled container type water garden. Patio pond, very controlled displays. And if you choose to enjoy water hyacinth, just be responsible with it. Make sure when you harvest the excess growth, and you will, that you do not place this in local waterways or even near them. They can be composted or burned as well. Still sound like a beginner plant to you? Water hyacinth is quite a plant. Very popular, easy to find, low cost, easy to care for. But again, buyer beware. Be careful how you use the incredible Pontedaria crassa, the water hyacinth. Thanks, everybody. For joining me, spending some time with me. This is the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I appreciate being here with you guys to talk about all things aquatic. I'm a Koi Pond and Water Garden professional for 25 years now. My company is Full Service Aquatics. We're based out of Summit, New Jersey. We take on projects anywhere, people. You want to talk about a project? Give me a call. Or if you just want to say hi, give me a call. Say hi. My number is 908-277-6000. Easy number, 908 
877-677-6000. We can talk about anything you want, but you just got to remember to keep it pondy, right? Keep it pondy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you have a koi pond, water garden of some type in your life. Share your passion with others. You know, this is some great stuff that, that we're involved with. So Pat, share your passion with others. Teach others about your pond. And get to local, know your local pond professional. You probably have somebody around you who's a pond pro. Reach out to them. You know, get them, get them, get connected with them. Support your local pond professionals. If you want to hear more of this podcast, I mean, this is episode 72. So there's at least 71 other episodes. You can check it out on Blog Talk Radio. You can also check it out on iTunes, of course, and several other platforms. If you would, hey, leave me a rating. That'd be really swell of you to do for me. I would appreciate that. Um, And my website is fullserviceaquatics.com, loveyourpond.com. That's me. Um, So thanks for being here, everybody. We will catch up with you next time right here on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter Radio Broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. Hey, In the host. pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting right. Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio. Well, the Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. That's right, keeping it pondy. I hope everybody is being careful out there in this crazy-ass world that we're living in. Be careful, be healthy, be good to each other, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around.